0: hi everyone welcome back to the hybrid hangout podcast today we'll be doing a post-match chat on the latest wsl game against west ham and then at the end i will also be doing a quick news roundup to do with arsenal players and their international call-ups and things like that so, Jonas Idevell made five changes from the Zurich game. Manuela Zinsberger was back in goal, which wasn't too surprising, but alongside her was the return of Leah Volti, Frieda Marnham, Caitlin Ford and Black Stenius. We had a bit of a slow start, despite a long range shot from Katie McCabe, who on her 100th WSL appearance, not only missed her shot on goal, but ended up hitting a spectator and knocking his their drink out of their hands and if that wasn't enough, the person was also on crutches. 35 minutes in, there was a rather disjointed scramble for the ball, and our consecutive clean sheet record ended as the Hammers went up 1-0. This was genuinely so bizarre, and I think it's kind of one of those things that, of course, this amazing goal, no-goal record was going to be broken by something like this. So I was at the game, and I was... On the end where the goal was scored and I was taking a video and all you can hear is people being like oh 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 what's going on and then you hear like a slight cheer and then me going no and then um, a swear word which I won't say because I feel like I have some younger listeners and I don't want to get in trouble (laughs) and then just very very suddenly I kind of drop my phone but catch it and then the camera just like shuts down the video ends it's not great. It was really sad and I you could see how disappointed the defence and especially Manu were, but I think it's just one of those things and on the bright side, Man United also let a goal in, which although isn't really related to the consecutive goal record, is important because they were also they also had scored all possible points and let in no goals up to this point. So in that regard we're on level with United. Anyway so for most of the first half Kim Little was dominating the midfield as usual but she took a really nasty knock and there's no update yet on the seriousness and to be honest given what Arsenal are like with kind of injury updates for the men and the women I'm not sure we can really expect one but of course if we hear anything I will be posting about that as well. Now it didn't look great from where I was standing, but what I would say is I think Kim is such an experienced player and she knows, you know, herself and the game so well that I'm tempted to say that she was more on the stretcher because everyone knows that those first steps after an injury can be some of the worst things to do. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed slash convincing myself that it was more of a precaution situation and um, obviously when she was hobbling she had a lot of support two people on each side so fingers crossed everyone as her s- replacement Jordan Nobbs came on as a sub which was probably a bit earlier obviously than the game plan was but on comes Jordan Nobbs to a huge applause and then bang Jordan instant impact Nobbs scores a goal and I really do think that that goal kind of changed the rhythm and kind of the feel for not just the players but also the crowd at the ground. I do think it had a huge impact on the game and not just the scoreline and obviously it was an incredible goal. She slotted it through just these tiny tiny gaps in this absolutely packed out West Ham penalty box. Finally we went ahead in the 52nd minute with a long-range free kick from Steph Catley and then Blacksonius was there to net it in the back Once we took the lead we started to find our rhythm even more and then Frieda Marnum scored our third Although West Ham took the game to the end and Zinsberger definitely made quite a lot of important saves throughout the game but particularly so in the closing minutes. Also in the closing stages, Marnum was denied by the crossbar and like twice and each time you thought, well, this is inevitable, it's going in, but no, so rude of the crossbar. But overall, we continue to secure all of our three points and what this means is we are five wins from five but we are not top of the table due to goal difference with Man United. However, our next game is away against Leicester, which although will obviously be a test as all WSL games are I do think this will be an opportunity to help with the goal difference Now that we've kind of summarized and broken down the game Let's look a bit more into kind of the the analysis of it all so for me the biggest impact was the Jordan Nob substitution and I'm not just being biased because like any Arsenal fan we are obsessed with Jordan Nobbs but legitimately it was hugely important for the game and I'm pretty sure Jonas Eidvelt also commented on the importance of Jordan Nobbs introduction to the kind of final scoreline. So firstly it was slightly unexpected because I think a lot of people would have assumed that Viv Miedemar would have come on and then maybe Marnham would have dropped into the eight position but um, Jordan Nobbs comes on and where she was just absolutely consistently asking for the ball as soon as it was anywhere near her. She was making lots of short passes and making the extra pass, and I think these are the three core areas that changed the game. So, for me, the game proves even more that Jordan is suited to that number eight role, which she has said that she enjoys playing again, obviously played in before. Um, but I think she said in the press interview, and this may have been on our blog, obviously you don't want to steal anything she said that while she does enjoy that role her main goal right now is just to help the team and get those minutes get that game time because obviously where we've seen her kind of most often is in that number 10 role or even as a wider option so essentially the problem prior to novice's introduction was that west ham had a lot of players in the right half spaces And this was obviously most likely in order to kind of quell the danger of Beth Mead. And then they would move the players across the line as well to press Maritz and obviously Mead as well. So this stunted Arsenal's attacking play. And this meant that even when Little or lotto Moy were able to find Marnham, for example, because of how many West Ham had back... Arsenal needed to release the ball a lot quicker into this space or to shift the defensive block more consistently and then obviously that wasn't happening. But when Jordan Nobbs comes on she was instantly kind of demanding the ball and you could see this in kind of the background of camera shots especially if you obviously were watching at home or in the camera because you know she was pointing to where she wanted the ball she was always shouting for it you could definitely hear her voice all across the ground. And then when she was given the ball she was able to make these really quick passes that just weren't able to happen before and if she didn't get the ball her movement then created space for Beth Mead to get the ball so they're examples of two scenarios and then obviously the wider impact of all of that is that their defence had to move around a lot more and then ultimately this is what changed the game now for me although jordan had this huge impact and obviously we've won we're five for five it all looks great on paper i think in the last two games especially a lot of people have really noticed kind of a little bit of tiredness in the side and based on this and also the fact that the team have told the coaching staff and medical staff that they're, you know the sore legs there's tired legs all that sort of thing and that obviously the mental impact of playing in such a congested fixture run in the wake of this jonas idavel has actually called for slash suggested that women's super league sides should be allowed for bigger squads and more substitutions per game so something that's interesting within that is that in the champions league the women's side can name 12 on the bench but in this super league it's just nine and obviously that isn't helpful for player rotation and op- even just tactical options when you have those tied legs as well. He's made a lot of comments on this topic, but one that I think was quite notable was the fact that he feels that the congested fixture run and therefore the lack of recovery time between games was in part related to Leah Williamson's muscle injury. Additionally, he was talking about, you know, how can we build the regulations and the environment in which English clubs, obviously he did mean Arsenal, but this applies for English clubs as a whole. How do we do that and therefore allow English sides to compete in Europe and be on the big stage? I've spoken in previous episodes about the importance of the coefficient and kind of where the English sides are ranked according to UEFA, so all of the English side's record put together and how competitive the league is affects standings in Europe, obviously. And as we consistently don't make it to the final and we're the only side that have won it, and that was all the way back in 2007, like how that isn't helping. But if we had these regulations, that would help everyone. Now, the other side of this argument, though, is that how does this fairly impact sides that with the greatest respect, are probably never going to compete, certainly in the near future, for Champions League spots. In terms of, like, Reading, who have such a small budget, the, if the other sides, the bigger sides, have bigger teams and therefore more of options to play against them and other sides, there could be a widening gap in the league, which is definitely something we want to avoid because even with the differences in teams one of the most important things about the WSL is about how competitive is from every single club in the table so that concludes kind of the post match chat and everything that kind of impacted the game now I'm just going to do a quick news roundup because quite a few things have happened to do with Arsenal on the international side which is ironic seeing as we've just talked about the how insane all the fixtures are obviously there are soon to be a round of friendlies leah williamson remains out on injury so won't be isn't available to play for england however jordan knobs has been called back up so will join the side to play japan and norway and those games are happening in spain alongside her will be lotta Webermoy and beth mead and then sadly jen Beesey hasn't been called up for the scottish camp that's most likely due to the lack of minutes she's been getting but maybe one of the most Interesting announcements has been that Miedemar isn't going to be playing for the Netherlands friendlies. Obviously, they've already qualified for the World Cup. Although the Netherlands have stated that she was, they would want her to play, but she has requested not to be called up at this point. I don't think this is particularly something to worry about because, as we said, you know they are just friendlies, and I think we can all agree that this spot in that side is pretty set for the World Cup. She is in a fairly unique position in that sense. Additionally, former Gunners, Jill Rod has requested that she also not be called up and that's because she's been playing so many minutes. So, obviously, it's not something to worry about for the Dutch side or Arsenal, in, in my opinion, in terms of that direct announcement. What is perhaps slightly concerning, but I think a positive that the club have allowed for it, is that there was an announcement yesterday, stating that Viv has been granted some time off to rest and recharge. We are supporting her closely, and she will return following the international break. We're also led to believe that she has left the UK. Now, I've seen a lot of speculation, and as always, we don't truly know the situation. But my best guess would be that she's not been a hundred percent the Viv we know, and obviously the standard Viv has set herself is so incredibly high that it is difficult to kind of understand when she's not at that level, the fact that she's still very, very important and good for the side, which I think a lot of people are forgetting. But what I would say is it all kind of, for me, links back to the Euros when she had COVID and then when she had done her isolation period, their manager, who is no longer in charge actually, had her playing 90 minutes plus extra time, which I think was somewhere between 110 and 120 minutes all in one go, just after having COVID. And I don't think that would have set her up the best for coming back. So I think my assumption is, and a lot of other people's, is that, and it's probably the most educated assumption, that it's either to do that or it's a long COVID issue, because she's also been struggling not necessarily with injuries but like when she gets knocked it seems kind of like you know we've seen her with the multiple wrist bandages and then when she got hit in the face which was a solid hit don't get me wrong but you know things like that this isn't the first time that arsenal have granted some time off i think leah williamson spoke about it really really well in an interview with alex scott on bbc about how she called up Jonas and was like, "Do you know what? I'm I'm not ready to come back. I need some more time." And he gave her those few extra days before rejoining the Arsenal side after winning the Euros. And then again, similarly, uh, Caitlin Ford, after a tournament with Australia, she was allowed some time and she went home to her family. And then since then, in my opinion, she's been one of our best players. And like, obviously, this was a bit it's a bit more in the long term. So obviously I'm sure we're all wishing Viv well and this time will be really helpful for her. But that concludes the podcast. We don't have such a busy week of football coming up. And our next game is away at Leicester in the WSL. So obviously just to reiterate, Art will not be available for that game. And your next podcast will be an opponent report on Leicester. Bye everyone, thanks for listening.